Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast, where we connect and collaborate with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. I like to say when we perform, we get paid. This podcast focuses on the areas of confidence, mindset, leadership, and performance, which all lead to increased revenues and sales. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, talents, and self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters. When it all aligns, everything works. All right. Welcome to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, our brand performance podcast. And today our performance conversation is with our very special guest. We have Michael Dash with us today. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Michael and then we're obviously we want to hear his story, but he's dealt with addiction throughout his entire life and he sold a business after 11 years and he has committed to supporting other entrepreneurs and business leaders who are dealing with addiction or addictive behaviors that are affecting them to effectively lead their business and how it's affecting their personal lives. And so he's a recently published author, and we're going to be having a conversation about that. He's also building a platform called Fate, and Fate is From Addict to Entrepreneur. And so, Michael, thank you for being on this week's episode. Thank you so much for having me, Marla. Absolutely. Okay, so I think as people are hearing a little bit of that introduction, um, Tell us a little bit about your backside. I mean, obviously, you're a new author. You've, re- you've recently sold a business. You've got an entrepreneurial spirit. Where do you want to start? I'll let you jump in. Well, I've completely transformed and transitioned my life from the last 30 years. I was an entrepreneur. I had a staffing recruiting company for 11 years in Salt Lake City, Utah. After moving there from the New York, New Jersey area. I grew up in New Jersey, worked in New York City in recruiting, and then followed a business opportunity, which led me to Salt Lake City and an 11-year entrepreneurial adventure with a business partner for half of that time. And then I bought uh, her out and then ran it solo the other uh, half of the time. Okay. And then... um, just last year, sold the business, uh, moved out to California and wrote a book called Chasing the High and really transitioned into focusing on the areas that I had nowhere to turn to when I was dealing with my addictive and compulsive behaviors that I've had throughout my entire life and running a business at the same time. So I've transitioned to being a person who can help other entrepreneurs, other business leaders running multiple divisions, having to make decisions every 15 minutes for 10 hours straight, and then just looking to escape it all for a few hours. Uh, I want to be that person that people can can turn to. I've developed a a four-step powerful process to take others through those challenging times to more productive Uh, behaviors that can really allow them to step into the leader and person they want to be. Okay, but let's ground this conversation with your story. I mean, because I think as people are listening to this episode, that's where they really are going to find the most interest in you being so open to saying and raising your hand saying, I'm an addict, right? And this is what I've gone through. Share with us that catalyst moment or moments that led to that 
Sure. So to unwind that long introduction I just gave, <laughs> um, I started gambling when I was 11 years old. I was introduced to it by my uncle at Thanksgiving. And that started a 20-year gambling addiction for me that went into college and then I became a bookie. And then when I was in college, I started experimenting with drugs as well. My roommate in college was actually shot uh, by a three, with a three fifty seven Magnum uh, by his ex-girlfriend of all people. And when I came back from a semester break, the room was full of bottles of pills. And that's when I really started experimenting with a variety of different drugs. At the same time, I was gambling on a daily basis and I was a bookie as well. Those reckless behaviors uh, really went all through college and transferred into life after college. So when I was in New York City, which is where I, I went after I graduated, you know, I was always chasing some sort of high. You know, I, before I owned my own business and ran my own business, I was a salesperson. And every sale that I would make, I would get this high from it. And, you know, I think if, if there's any salespeople, uh, you know, in your audience who are listening, they, they can resonate with that, with that feeling. It was almost like a drug in itself, but it would quickly go away. And then I would lean on these other drugs. And, and one that I leaned on heavily was cocaine when I was in New York City. So it was a combination of wanting to duplicate and replicate that high, that high of the sale and the same similar high I would get from gambling. I wanted to keep replicating and duplicating it and kind of uh, uh, elevating it. And that's where my cocaine use uh, came in. And in New York City, it's pretty prevalent, um, especially within financial services. And though that was a big sector that I was servicing with my staffing uh, business at the time. Mm. Okay. Where was the awareness? I mean, so, so you got into this, you started gambling at 11. And I mean, people are going to hear this, they're going to be resonating with that. Um, but what really woke you up? What was, was there a moment that stood out that you knew you needed to change? You, you would think there would be, especially when I actually had to go to jail twice for DUI once and a uh, carrying a substance called GHB. You would think that those would be wake-up calls and you would want to change your life. I had such an addictive personality. I was so addicted to the drugs at that time that in my mind, I had convinced myself that it was no big deal. The actual moment, quote unquote, I have a chapter called the moment of clarity in my book, uh, but the moment of clarity are unlike most people's moment of clarities. It wasn't when I was in jail. It wasn't when I, I went bankrupt, which unfortunately I didn't do, but it wasn't those type of scenarios. I actually had, for gambling, I, I, I was driving with my brother to Thanksgiving. This is after college. We celebrated it every year. He would not allow me to turn on sports radio in the car. I listen to sports radio all the time to get the latest news and notes so I could process that and determine what football team I wanted to gamble on. We got in a little argument and he told me he was going to Gamblers Anonymous and he could not listen to sports radio anymore. So for three and a half hours, we listened to music. And at the end of the ride, I thought to myself how soothing a ride that was how my mind wasn't in a chaotic state racing and thinking over and over about, you know, what I was going to bet on and how much and what teams and all of this crazy stuff. And I thought to myself, you know what, I want to go find out what this Gamblers Anonymous did to my brother. And based on that ride alone, I 
went the next week to Gamblers Anonymous. He didn't ask me to go. He didn't push me to go. He didn't tell me I needed to go. Although all of those things would have been true. I was curious. I tapped into the curiosity and I walked into the room. When I went to that meeting, I, when I first walked in, I thought I was surrounded by a bunch of degenerate losers. But by the end of the meeting, after hearing everybody speak, I recognized that I had more in common with all of the people in that room than I had with my very closest friends. And that was when I stopped gambling. And actually, three weeks ago, I celebrated 14 years clean from gambling. Mm, congrats. That's a, that's, yeah, I'm sure that's from the shoes that you have walked in from addiction to DUIs to jail, you know, there's a lot to be said about that. So let's take this into the entrepreneurial spectrum, right? So you wrote a book. Who's the book written for and why did you write it? So the book is written for any business leaders or entrepreneurs, or if you can expand it even wider, anybody who wants to shift their dynamic that might be in a negative space that feels like that change is impossible. But change is actually very easy. So this book takes you on that path of how I was able to transform my life into a, from a place of where I felt completely stuck. I felt like my company was running me. I was in a six-year legal battle with my ex-business partner. It, all the problems I created we're self-inflicted. And I think many people can relate to that because we are our own worst enemy at times and we can convince ourselves of anything we want to. So this book kind of takes you through the process of me being in that space to overcoming that, to a trip I took to Bali and how I discovered flow. And I started opening my mind to new activities and new uh, new things like flow and, and energy and, and really allowing those into my life and exploring those and then adopting those and how they allowed me to shift my complete dynamic. Okay. So how different is your life today? You know, take us as you've described the person that you were and, um, and all that you had been through. What is, what does life look like for Michael Dash today? Well, it's completely different. I don't go into an office with 30 or 40 employees anymore. So that's a, that's a huge shift in itself. And everything I'm building, it's interesting because I'm building right now from a business standpoint, a program to, you know, help entrepreneurs and business leaders, but like it's all on me. So if, if I don't wake up in the morning inspired and, and like productive, then nobody's really going to call me out on it. Whereas before I had employees and clients to answer to. So that shift in dynamic is, is empowering, but it's also uh, you really need to have strong habits in place to make sure that you're moving ahead. Mm. So from that point, it's a lot different. Uh, but also from a personal standpoint, I have the behaviors in my life. I'm not looking to escape every weekend. I'm not looking for let's go drinking with friends. I'm not looking to, you know, what's the highest, like, like how high can I get? I want to go smoke some marijuana. I want to pop an Adderall, which I was addicted to Adderall in my entrepreneurial days uh, so much that it controlled how I behaved and it affected how I treated other people. So from that standpoint, it's much healthier. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about positive things. I'm surrounded by much more positive, inspiring people. So it's a lot easy, a lot easier, excuse me, to be excited about the work I'm doing, even though 
it's a completely new journey for me. And I have a long way ahead to impact the number of people I want to impact. The fact that I truly believe it, I lived it, and I want to help other people makes it a lot easier to commit to and to keep moving along, even when the roadblocks are there and not turn to any of these negative behaviors. Mm, exactly. Well, yeah. And so as you're talking to the chief inspirational officer, right, that person who inspires, you know, vision, clarity, and motivation, recognizing other people. Um, I, I totally understand. And I know that those are um, like validation, inspiration, recognition, some of the things that you've just talked about, Michael, those are um, really catalyst components to being successful as an entrepreneur, right? Because as you said, you are the only one who can hold yourself to what it is you're working on, right? So you've got to kind of put your, your you know, wake up every day and, and be motivated and then be on point, right? To keep that vision going for yourself. So you know the mission you're trying to serve, right? So how do you sustain it? You know, so it sounds like you're somewhat new into this lifestyle, right? The last 14 years, you said, how have you been able to sustain this? Yeah, I mean, for 20 years, I was in staffing and recruiting. So it, it was really one year today because I had the little Facebook flashback, which I love about Facebook. Um, but it was one year today when I made this dynamic shift. And it's challenging, but I committed to it. So yesterday's a good example. Like I committed to do a Facebook Live. I call it Mondays with Michael. But yesterday I was completely exhausted. For three weeks, I was on this little book tour and I drove back to LA Sunday. It took me 13 hours. Yesterday, I was kind of laughing. I did two podcasts, but then I was exhausted. And I, in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do the Facebook Live. But then I said, no, no, I have to do it because I committed to it. And commitment and consistency are the two things that I, I feel like a lot of people lack. And I feel like those are two keys to being successful in anything you're doing in your life commitment and consistency. Mm -hmm. They will take you through the challenging times. So I try, you know, what I do have, I've incorporated positive inspirational podcasts into my life that I listen to. You know, I will do affirmations, not every day, but when I need a pick me up, I have a little affirmation podcast that it, it just kind of gets me going a little bit. I'll also walk down and be outside. I think it's extremely important to, you know, be in nature. So I go to, uh, one of the reasons I moved to California is so I could go to the ocean even for a half an hour every day and just sit and listen to the waves and kind of meditate. So those things really inspire me and they pick me up a little bit when I'm feeling kind of down. But also I surround myself with different communities and tribes that I have people I can rely on when I feel that way. Accountability partners are key and, and very important in life. No question. No question. Okay, so the two words that stand out are, of course, this commitment and consistency. The one-year shift, right? So you've been doing this for 365 days. How are you staying committed to yourself? And how are you keeping yourself consistent with it? What's your way to measure these metrics? How are you proving to yourself that it's effective and that you are on point? Those are great questions. Some of that I'm still learning. Uh, you know, I'll be completely open and vulnerable about it. Uh, I, you know, the one thing is I've, I've committed to the Mondays, right? Um, I've committed to building an audience and trying to do whatever I can to get my message out there and, and doing it on, on really on my dime right now. You know, I went from 
having income coming in all the time to having no income for the last year while I build this and invest in the message because I really feel it's the end that I'm looking for. It's the impact that I am looking for. I want to help others that were in the position I was in when I had nowhere to turn. Okay, so let's let's measure your success. So when you say, you know, I, I would love, and I think our audience wants to hear, you know, what's your end goal? So you're building this impact, but when will you really know that you've truly arrived and you've done what you said you're going to do and you can measure your success by it? Great question. So I have a BHAG, a BHAG, B-H-A-G, big, hairy, audacious goal, which is to positively affect 1 million entrepreneurs and business leaders within the next five years and help them transform their negative behaviors into positive activities. Mm, right. So okay. that, that, is, that yeah. is my goal by putting, by putting them through the program I'm building, by speaking on stages, by getting my book in their hands. These are all the different avenues that I'll be able to measure if that goal has been successful. Okay, so as people are listening to this and they, they're resonating with you, um, what is the message that you can bring to them while speaking on stage? I mean, what's the thing that you are so ferociously passionate about that you know will make a difference on stage? That we can all change our dynamic if we are unhappy, if we have bad behavior choices in our life and we keep convincing ourselves that we're going to change, but we're doing nothing about it. We're stuck in that constant state of stagnation that it's very easy to make these changes. What happens is people associate change with the end result that they're hoping for, but those two things have nothing to do with each other, actually. Change itself can happen today, right now. Anybody can change their dynamic. Now, you will have to be consistent um, and you will have to work at it to get the results that you're looking for from the change. But those two things are not tied together. So make the first step today, take that action and make that change that you want. So that, that's my, my real message. And behind it all is the addiction that I've been through, the compulsive behaviors that I've been through, because I had convinced myself I couldn't change any of those behaviors until I did. Mm. And I stood myself with positive people, with positive messaging. It's important what we put into our brains. The people listening to this podcast, they get it because they're listening to you, Marlo, right? right. But it's the other people out there who've never even listened to a podcast in their life, which is astonishing to me, but there's so many of them. Mm, I agree. Okay, so Chasing the High is the name of the book. And you mentioned the four-step process. Can you share a little bit about that four-step process with us right now? Sure. So these are four simple yet powerful steps that start with recognition. They start with self-recognition. And I take people through a, whether it's a day or a week process where we map out your activities. We go from a circle of activity to a circle of prosperity. And we build out what the ideal week looks like, ideal day looks like from you, for you, excuse me. Um, to get you into that prosperity mind and way of thinking. So that the first thing is self-recognition that, that we focus on. The next thing is curiosity, the power of curiosity and of examining and trying activities that you may not have tried before because you may have a negative interpretation of them based on what other people have told you, but you've actually never tried it before, whether it's meditation, whether it's a sound bath, whether it's you know doing positive, doing affirmations. I mean, there's a zillion things. 
Okay, tap into that curiosity and then take that curiosity and turn it into action and actually go and participate in these events and find people that you can resonate with, with what's going on in your life. And then once you're able to do that, then you can transform that into connection. And that connection builds community. And I think it's very important that we have what I like to call tribes in our lives, communities in our lives, that we can uh, lean on in times of need, whether it's an entrepreneurship community, whether it's, uh, you know, for me, Leukemia Lymphoma Society, I volunteered a lot. It could be, you know, a philanthropic community. It could be a workout community. I happen to go to Orange Theory Fitness, which is a, a gym, but I built a lot of friendships in there from a physical standpoint. It could be a mindfulness community, somebody that you go and meditate, groups that you go and meditate with, but I think it's, or a travel community. But I think it's important that we have these different communities and tribes in our lives because it leads to connection with which so many people are missing in this technological age. I love it. Okay. And so connection is where we're going to end this episode as we're coming into the close. Where can we connect and where can we find Michael Dash? What a beautiful transition that was. Mark. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, you, can, uh, you can find the book uh, at chasingthehighbook.com. And then you can find me at michaelg-.com. And uh, if you're interested in learning more about the program, the 10-week program that we just discussed, it's michaelg-.com forward slash fate, F-A-T-E. And there's a, a free webinar there that you can learn more about the program. And if you're interested, we can set up a call after that. I love it. All right. So to learn more about, about Michael Dash, you can also visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can learn to add Michael to your circle of influence, connect to his resources and purchase his book. Michael, what a delight and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Marlo. I really appreciate it. So we invite you to share this podcast with others and thank you in advance for your partnership. If you enjoyed this episode and it left you feeling inspired, share your biggest takeaway on our Perform and Get Paid community Facebook page where you can engage and respond with others around your questions. And this is Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach executives to gain clarity and remove self-doubt to increase performance in sales. To book a complimentary coaching session with me, simply visit marlohiggins.com and click on the Work With Me tab to schedule a call. Did you like this podcast? If so, subscribe and share with all of your friends. And if you want even more awesome resources to gain clarity and remove self-doubt, plus some personal insights from me that I only share in email, get yourself over to marlohiggins.com and sign up for the email updates. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. If you're into it, subscribe, leave a review and tell all of your friends. We would sure appreciate it.